Adam, how are you? You're you're back again. How's things? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, very well. Busy, 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 as you know. But um, a good thing. Uh, we're we're, we're certainly moving in the right direction. So yeah, keep them well. Um, obviously we had to just off the weekend. This morning's trading was a bit thin, but starting to pick up a small bit now. Um, we'll just have a quick, I guess, scan of the markets, Adam, and uh, see what's going on. Yeah, there's always this weird patch, obviously, on the sort of until the at least until Monday afternoon, where uh, you know the US sort of comes on board and they've just obviously enjoyed their Thanksgiving weekend. So volume has been thinner than normal. Friday was a weird day, um, and not a complete surprise. Like definitely, as we get to this time of the year, I think, like for example, I've just over the last few years, I've just stopped trading like from about the 20s at the latest, the 22nd of December, until about the 5th. I just find in general, not as much happening and, and following the markets is a waste of my kind of time. It's much better to just be use that time to study or, you know, and I'm always love reading books. So I might still be upskilling on other topics or just reading in general or casually looking at the markets, but definitely trying to enjoy a proper break so that I come back rested and refreshed for, for the next year. I always find that that's a better course of action for me anyway than obsessing over trying to trade over the holidays when no one else is. <clears throat> um, I, I'm the exact same. I look, I mean, you know, trying to understand directional markets is going to be, you know, pretty dead, to be honest. I mean, whatever moves are happening, you know, it's, it's very, there's very little to tell you apart from, you know, directional moves as opposed to just, you know, minimal volatility in the market. So for me, it's just take a break, a well-rested break, um, obviously keeping an eye on what's going on, like you say, but really having no no interest in executing anything around kind of the Christmas Christmas break. But certainly coming up to Christmas, there's going to be some some ample opportunities. I think this week's going to be quite busy. Obviously, a lot of data coming out later in the week, um, and we should see some decent movement. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, absolutely, we've got, uh, you know, we can go through kind of what's scheduled. Um, but, you know, it also seems as though we sort of, we have some trends in place already. So I, I often will distinguish whether I'm looking for reversal, you know, or a change in trend in the coming week or, you know, something like that. At the moment, I feel like a lot of the trends are pretty much kind of settling in most likely. And again, in this one, I say with not as much confidence as I normally do, I do think there's a high probability we'll, we'll maintain the trends we currently have for a while, but we are due for retracements, which for day traders means that there'll be a stronger dollar temporarily. And then the question really becomes when will it be at the end of this week? Will it be in the middle of the week? Will it be next week? But we're definitely due for a correction in the markets. So you look at the indices, they've just really overextended to the upside stock. They've had a good run the last couple of weeks. Yeah. They need to take a bit of a breather. So, yeah, you know, looking, expecting that this week. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen a the dollar index has been storage the last couple of weeks, really. Um, well, the last really month or two, it was obviously we're now looking at that downtrend coming from back what somewhere around the start of november um price is somewhere around that kind of 103 level it's retesting that level again at the moment you know if we see a break i don't see anything stopping from that 102 but like you say i mean you know it's are, are we going to see a kind of a cooling off period um before a slight reversal potentially but my i'm still kind of eyeing 102 um there's just not much there to tell me otherwise at the moment and yeah you know, for me, it's just like you, the trend is your friend. You know, you have to kind of, as much as, you know, your bias might be telling you other things, you, you just have to go with what the trend is showing you, you know? Um, very uh, much, very much so. 
you kind of have to it's innocent until proven guilty kind of approach where you have to you have to give it as much room to run to also demonstrate to you that it's changing its mind or that yeah you're right you have to give it you have to give it room to run look a big part of trading and and my journey of trading and over many many years you know it was just looking at opportunities based on setups and bias and so on but really ignoring the trend and looking to try to fight the trend and that never worked and you know you might have a great buy set up but the trend is telling you don't take that position where maybe i would have took that you know many years ago you know and it's just like you know all you're doing is fighting against the market look where the big money is moving you know look at for directional markets that's where you make your money um for sure day trading there's there's opportunities within these kind of pullbacks and it's like ranges and so on but you know always be on the same side as the trend is going where you can i think that's key for for, for sex, successful trading yeah and and it is that it is i have to agree with you that 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 journey uh emotionally and mentally that i had to go through to learn to commit to the trend because you know i had a bias in my head and then to kind of trust that the trust the price action that took a lot of uh that took time you know i think there was a full year where i was um, following analysis that was purely technical and still had my ear to, 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 I still had a bias to the, to the media, to whoever else I was following. Um, and that took me a full year before I just said, okay, I have to kind of, I have to go, I have to go with this. And I, and just, you know, I mean, we can come back to it, but I was going to say, you know, I, I still struggle with, I am partial to certain fundamentals, even though I claim to be a pure technical analyst, I am partial to certain fundamentals, uh, so even if I say, well, you know, I ignore them, um, I think there's st still certain things that I wouldn't ignore. It's just, you know. Um... Sure. I mean, even as a technical trader, you still look at the economic calendar, understand what's happening, you know, the consequences of certain, you know, um, missed forecasts or whatever the case may be. It's something that you're aware of, regardless if 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 that's how you, you know, you're, you're, you're actually taking the trade or not. When you're executing, you still have something in the back of your mind telling you, okay, well, you know, I can't really fight against this data at the same time, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, like, <clears throat> it's, I'm sort of oversimplifying it. As I said, I've always been influenced very much by Warren Buffett. And uh, I think it was Ben Graham, who was his, uh, his vast, his university lecturer, he was also the author of the book Value Investing, and who influenced Buffett. So the reason I bring that up is because I've listened to the audiobook several times, and I've read the book a couple of times. And I'm struck by how simple the uh the industry was back then so this is going back to the 1950s and he uh and how simple it was that you know they were able to just look at potentially stocks penny stocks pink slip stocks and then um and and then bonds and that was kind of it and, and buffett was always like well you know if the market's bearish you know shift your weighting to bonds at 70 30 stocks yeah. when you're in a bull market in a bear market it's sort of 30 30 70 to yeah. uh to bonds and then Sort of as you get through the tail end of the of the audiobook, he starts talking about the how you know that the market has even now probably back in the seventies it started to get a little bit more complex. And when I look at where we are today, it's very very complex. Um, you've got derivatives, obviously lots more of them, and you have new asset classes, and you have all these different things. Which, if you kind of the way I think about it, is in many ways there's only so much money, right? So you're seeing it can only go into so many into different areas. And so you have things like cryptos that compete with with stocks. You've got people who want to who are, you know, getting into those for different reasons. The reason I mention this is that in many ways it pays to still remember 
what are the biggest kind of cogs in the machine. And in many ways, they are, that is still the interest rate. It's still the interest rate. You know, the dollar is also still the biggest cog and you, you need to be reminded of that because it's not as obvious now because we have so many different things where everything is spread out. We don't necessarily notice it, but like the dollar, you know, your gold and crude oils commodities are priced in dollars. Um, so it's not just that. Then you've got your currency markets where you've got the euro against the dollar, but the dollar is doing stuff in other markets as well. Absolutely. And then you have interest rates, you know, and so interest rates impact lending and it impacts profit making and carry trades and all these different things. And so there are in my mind sort of very big uh, levers that are driving the markets that um, when they are, they are, and you just want to be aware of what are those. And no one really, I don't think these days, most people may, maybe don't know that because they don't necessarily say, well, let's start with, you know, this and have a look at what this is, this is doing, you know, um, so together, right. I'm putting it all together, you know, making your own kind of judgment on that. I mean, look, you know, risk on risk off sentiment is a big part of, you know, how the markets are going to react. And obviously right now we can see there's a risk on, obviously we're seeing, um, I suppose, to segue into the markets as to such like dollar, obviously, again, uh, we, we mentioned it earlier in the podcast is, is, is falling off and, and we're seeing as a result of that, we're obviously seeing, you know, stocks kind of flying where have a quick look at let's have a quick look at some of the indices i suppose to start with i mean look nasdaq uh flying you know it's it's, it's it, we're, we're up to that kind of what that you know nearly 16 highs yeah this is fantastic. Yeah. going back what what two years nearly and, and i think exactly and i think it's worth for this you know for today's episode i also think it's very important to you know, if this is the first one you're listening to, you need to listen to the last two as well, because you need to understand that the sentiment and what what our cons what the things that we were talking about just just only three weeks ago, for example, was the market sentiment appeared to be incredibly bearish, yeah. um, and it's important to highlight that yeah. first of all, because you know when we're at the bottom of a market, it never seems optimistic. When it's turning around, it's very hard to accept that it's turning around because everything just seems so bad um and then all the only way you know that it's turned around is set you know is a, a period of time later you look back and go wow we really left you know we've we've come such a long way from the lows and the media is not as bad like this is kind of the way i'm approaching it mm -hmm. um this is part of the reason i think people pay for something ridiculous like a bloomberg terminal which i'm sort of testing now for this um, fund that I'm being auditioned for. Uh, and it's super complex and you have access to ridiculous amounts of data. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, sorry, I wanted to, there was a point to what I was saying here was just, yeah, we need to, I think it's always important for us to mark what is the current kind of market sentiment at the moment and considering how bearish it was and how doom and gloom it was only a couple of weeks ago. One it's month. amazing that it is now, yeah, yeah. that it is now as, as, as optimistic as it is so. absolutely i mean look i mean again quickly looking at some some european stock uh indices that they seem to be flying at the moment uk it's you know it's, it's trending it's it hasn't it's not actually moving anywhere at the moment we're looking at kind of what 10 week kind of a range there uh mm. and again going back to to, to the dow it, again highs going back to somewhere around you know august like thing, things are going good and we get that christmas rally you know nearly all the time and and this is the the santa rally if you like um certain individual stocks taking most advantage of this you see like microsoft is flying at the moment 
um again you know netflix you know all the kind of the the, the big guys are, are are really kind of taking advantage of this at the moment and you know even looking at nvidia you know we've seen a slight drop off um in in the last kind of you know week or so but you know mm. me nvidia is certainly stock pick still right up the top there i mean what we've seen somewhere around a 250% growth this year is that right it's somewhere yeah, around sure and uh, you know it was ahead of the ai stuff coming out so you wouldn't have i don't think there's any way you could have really have known that that was what was going to drive it you didn't know that but i think they've just they've done well ai you know the chips for behind ai so i mean it just i just can't see them going anywhere but you know even in- the technologies in general is very exciting to me for not even ai but the 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 integration of ai into other stuff like you said into semiconductors into i mean they were talking about how they used how they used ai to help them optimize the layout of the factory floor for the manufacturing of their hardware like it's insane the integration and the kind of stuff you can do with it and suddenly um and how it impacts games but then how games is going to impact potentially this kind of social media stuff where for example meta is pushing the you know that your kind of your your second life type of stuff you know you have an online life type of thing uh it's just it's 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 everywhere and in many ways i think it's it's phenomenally powerful i'm very optimistic my brother taught me my brother has this attitude towards he's excited about and he has always been about the developments and it's a mindset because you can either be afraid or panicky or scared of it or you can ideally embrace it and get ex- excited about it and i think you know we have our dangers we're all concerned about what can happen with ai because the main is the biggest danger predominantly is probably um uh, uh, is our is mathematics if it can if ai can crack stuff that can then there's no security we have no such thing as security because all that stuff can be cracked and that's kind of where it gets a bit scary but aside from that um for the most part i think it's super exciting and and technology to me all all the companies especially with sorry i know i'm just rambling about you but like arm with regards to arms you've got intel technology you've got uh you've got you know ryzen nvidia you've got all these different things you've also got arm coming in as well so there's a lot of different that i think we're going to just see an amazing leapfrog in the in the next year or two with regards to you know excuse me with regards to hardware integration and software integration and and ai and all the leaps and bounds it makes yeah 100 percent. and look uh, this is over the next 10 years we're talking about as well we're not talking about you know the next couple this is the kind of next you know boom really and as a trader it's it's not a whatever we whatever our feeling is around what this could do in the future it's not about that it's about well is there what potential upside is in this you know like Mm -hmm. taking away our 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 own narrative of what we if we feel it's right or wrong it's about finding opportunity as a trader um so yeah so um i suppose let's quickly jump on have a quick look at some commodities and some fx um yeah i wanted to i'd like to talk about disney if i may just quickly yeah absolutely yeah so okay so one of one of the ones that was very impressive was when you look at netflix and you look at it from a bigger picture perspective it had a really really big correction to the downside during 2022 and 2023 it's had a bit of a rough patch and the recovery that it's made in 23 is actually incredible because it had such a big correction that you kind of i would have thought well maybe this is the implication of this is that maybe streaming services are dying and blah 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 but meanwhile it's actually recovered very very well so that leads me by the way to other companies that are streaming so you've got paramount everyone's doing it you've got you've got walt disney as well and walt disney stand in theory um they have 
most of the stuff that we can imagine, all the big, big brands we know from, you know, Marvel, Star Wars, Aliens, they got everything. And so when I look at the chart, one of the things that I uh, want to talk, I've spoken in the past, they were kind of sitting really on a bit of a cliff edge at around about the $80 mark. And I thought, you know what it looked like to me? I thought it looks like they're going to fall through it. And if they do, then they kind of where's the bottom. But actually, they have not just recovered, but it appears as though Disney to me is recovering in a very, very strong fashion. So I'm looking at, at the performance of, of November on that monthly is a very kind of, we're still in a downtrend, but it's a very bullish like bounce off that level. And so what I'm wondering hypothetically is, could this be one of those ones where this will end up being the lowest that Disney might be, you know, almost one of those best opportunities to get into a, a hundred year old, you know, this company is celebrating its hundredth anniversary. Could this be one of those places where this is the last time you're ever going to really get such a good deal on, on the price. And, and that's all that's been going through my head, which is why I wanted to bring, this is why I wanted to just talk about it. Cause it looks as though it's responding well to that level of support. It's too soon to say that it's kind of turning around, but it is showing, it's showing resilience. And I find that quite interesting. Yeah, agreed. And like you said there, right, it's 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 understanding or looking at one particular uh, area or sector and going, okay, these guys are doing well. What other opportunities within that sector is there? And that's a big part. It doesn't matter if that's a stock or anything. It, you know, it goes without saying, you know, it's about taking advantage of, um, you know, these industries that are actually taking off or or, or are actually going in, in a reversal direction. So again, I agree. I think Disney could potentially could be a good bias, especially somewhere around over 108, 110. I think if we get to that level, we could see even further up, upside from there. But like you say, coming up to Christmas, I think we are going to, we are seeing a bit of a rally now. Um, I think we're probably looking at 2024 before we see any kind of a, a movement, to be honest, um, in that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, certainly. But yeah, I was just going to say, I do think there are things to be optimistic about. Um, we had, so first of all, when you look at the indices, we had a really good correction, a much needed one across the markets. And NASDAQ, which had run the hottest for the last few years, had the biggest correction. So in other words, we have actually had that, despite the fact that the market seemed very enthusiastic to get back to their sort of bull trends. Um, and if we look, you know, look, we, we've got high interest rates at the moment. The market's still looking relatively buoyant. Uh, if inflation can come out of control, we also look, even in the UK, we've, I'm hearing, you know, murmurs of uh, jobs looking pretty good, that, you know, the, the FTSE starting to break a little bit to new highs. Almost seems as though, despite its efforts to be a terrible economy, the UK is actually not looking so bad um, because it's not, does not growth sectored. And, and our, and our um, we only, technology makes up such a small component of our, uh, of our economy in the UK. It's, it's such a massive chunk of the US. And that's obviously something we really need to, to up. But where I'm going with this is I do think there is cause for optimism um, globally as well. We've got a whole lot of other things we need to be keeping an eye on with there's some ridiculous geopolitics going on and the world is kind of at a, a little bit, um, you know, hypersensitive, but, but in terms of just purely talking today about the economy and stocks, I think there's, we should be optimistic. I think we should, I think we should be cautiously optimistic, but 2024 could be an incredible year. Uh, maybe potentially okay. um, you'll, you'll know it here. Cause we'll talk about it in every podcast. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm I'm maybe not quite so optimistic in in that view, but um, I feel like I, f I still feel like there's more to come. Um, I I, st I still feel that I don't know. It, it's for me. I just don't. Wait, we're, we're, we're there. Waiting for the other shoe to drop. 
Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know, I, I just, I just don't think there's enough information there at the moment to tell me that anything's, you know, going to change uh, immediately. And I still think we're looking at the aftermath of so much, you know, even special yeah. and everything else. You know, you know, so much lending. You know, like, yeah. I, I don't know. That's that's that's. I always want to be up. No, no, it's a we we have we have we have core issues that are really bad that need to be fixed. You're right, spending lending yeah. uh that kind of exposure of assets it definitely um we have to change our ways right we have to um but i in amongst all that i i think that if there's i also think there's some good stuff coming up in amongst that and it gets you know but you're right we have to we really do have to i mean so, i could i could say the same argument for kind of climate change but we have to change there are things that we've become comfortable doing that we need to we need to change you know i was here for example about japan this is interesting to me how they have like a general um social it's kind of socially acceptable to sort of save 50 percent of what you make which is a large amount and then you hear stories about you know even in the u.s people are living paycheck to paycheck and i really would love the data on that i'd love to know how much of that when you kind of hear salaries there are are significantly higher yeah. than what we make but then i went to new york last year in november and that was the single most expensive holiday I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah. It was insane. Um, and I had, I had cash. I was there for a week and I, I was constantly shocked at every time the bill came. I was like, that was double or triple what I would have expected it to be in pounds. So like if, for example, in the UK, you can go to London, you go to Hawksmoor, which is like an upmarket restaurant. So I went there on Friday night last week. So we had the most amazing meal with drinks. I think it was about 80 bucks for our meal, maybe another 40 bucks for drinks. So like, 50 bucks each, give or take 50 pounds each. I think in the US that exact same setup might have gone north of 150, like another 50% more. So I think it is kind of expensive. But you know, the number of people there that make $200,000 a year or $150,000, it's way more than the number of people who live in London who make 80,000 pounds a year. So it's more expensive, but people are earning more. Um, so just there are differences, you know, uh, and I think we have to adapt anyway. There's so many things that we're going to have to adapt. They're, they're certainly changing the model, right? And governments and so on, they're looking to change the model. I mean, from, from me growing up, it was all about buying your house and having that stability and, you know, mm. where, where, where mm. there's a different way of thinking now and looking at it, you know, and is there better investments than potentially buying a house now? You know, is it out of reach for a lot of people at the moment? Is is renting the better, better model to go down? You know, so it's just, it, it, there's definitely an mm. a period of, of adapting to, to, to a different model. And, you know, people are, don't really want to be tied down to mortgages as well, especially younger people, lots of people traveling and other things going on. So, you know, it's about changing to our fast, we, like our things are so fast paced now that have never been this fast paced, you know, and, you know, we're, we're always yeah. trying to catch up with, with what's going on and new trends and, and so on. And, and look, it's, look, it's, it's one of those things uh, is certainly a period of adaption and it's kind of wait, wait and see really. But um, I suppose jumping quickly onto, to, to some other markets then um, again, oil, uh, it's been a kind mm. of, talking point for for a while now you know we you know we've seen back at you know back back at the end of june start of july we saw that kind of price really kind of fire to the upside and since then you know somewhere around what you know end of september we, we've seen prices carry all the way back down looking towards those levels yeah. around three a uh, really interesting period for oil at the moment you know it's it's you know i know they're talking about obviously opec and cuts and so on but then they're saying they've got surplus into 224 you know so lots of kind of counter you know, well really different 
sides of the argument and it's it, it's hard to know um where oil is going to go from here personally um mm. but certainly i don't see kind of stat you know 68 70 is, is not out of the out of the realms by any means at the moment correct i mean i've got even as low as say 66 65 on uh west texas um and i agree with you i think right now it's between a low and a high right so it's between and if i'm using west texas here excuse me just as a ballpark it's got a high of about 93 and it's got a low recent low of about 63 so it's ping-ponging between those kind of levels and um I, I think it's fair to say that obviously if it breaks if it starts heading down lower and breaks we can expect it to continue lower there so it feels like a ridiculous thing to say that it's it's going to do what it's going to do but yeah it's stuck between the highs and the lows and so i think for now we can expect it to what we can say or what i could say technically is that it it isn't really trending or moving anywhere at this time so my expectation between now and january unless something unexpected happens is that it's going to stay kind of roughly where it is um, for now but you're right it's not what's what we can say is it's not out of control it's not trending upwards it's not like we have we have it um you know booming like we in the same way that we did have last year um you know uh, it's it's yeah it's kind of a little bit sluggish agreed agreed let's have a quick look at gold and we'll have a look at one or two pairs and we'll wrap it up so silver take a peek at silver as well <laughs> i only say that because yeah, yeah. silver is usually very choppy and messy but silver right now is almost more enthusiastic than gold but they're going the same way i mean they're not they're correlated, but not ridiculously correlated, probably 60% correlated. And uh, yeah, you know, gold is approaching all time highs. Silver isn't. So silver has a little bit more room to run, yeah. um, but it is at a level. They are at a key level. And I think, yes, sorry. And I, again, I'm sort of jumping ahead here, but to me, I think gold is keen to get free of this, of, of this, start to work its way up towards 2100, I think. So it's, look, this it, 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 isn't there until it gets there it's it's you know it's it's not uh, it doesn't break through the level until it successfully manages to do it but its behavior this time round seems to be stronger than previous runs at these levels so it looks strong sure yeah. I'm, I'm i'm personally holding off on, on a sell at the moment but as much as i'd like to at the moment I, I just can't bring myself to sell certainly if i get closer to that kind of you know 2050 level um 2060 level i, I certainly looking to to sell i just don't see anything that can take gold that much higher we've had so much happening wars mm. everything else i mean if none of these events and things can take gold higher what can take gold higher you know so i uh, want certainly want to watch um a few currencies uh obviously euro dollar pound dollar lots of obviously crosses taking advantage of, of, of dollar weakness um you know none so much more than new zealand dollar you know, dollar yen and so on. Any anything particular you're looking at at the moment? Um, yeah, look, I'm I'm sort of cautious with the yen with with dollar yen anyway because it's kind of it's battling with that level and it's kind of losing its trend a little bit here. So I want to see if we're going to move to the downside. So this week, what I'm curious to see, and I was I was relatively confident the last time we spoke about what my expectations were. Now I'm not. I don't have a. There's not a. You know, the crystal ball. I'm joking here about about what the charts are saying are not really as clear. If we do get, um, for some reason, we get a dollar, a bit of dollar strength this week that would initiate the correction. I think it would be dollar, the dollar would drive it, um, meaning because a lot of the markets need to have a bit of a correction. The single thing they have in common is the dollar. Um, so we'll have to see uh, how that's going to be by the end of the week. But I can say this, you know, in general, the markets are bullish. Uh, gold is kind of bullish. They all are. They all want to keep going, but they need a correction. So um, even even Bitcoin was just kind of looking at that. 
Bitcoin is starting to struggle a bit. So everything is needing a little bit of a breather on that kind of on the on the weekly. It needs a little bit of a just like a daily correction here and there. Um, so that's what I'm that's what I'm waiting on. Uh, you know, but watching yeah in the market and you just you you know and then it's the time to go. Well, is this going to turn or is this a is is this just a breather? You know that kind of way. And then it's time to kind of reassess if it does start turning, right? Yeah, uh, I think there's a good chance we're going to see the markets kind of drop drop first but by friday they could be at new highs so um it really comes down to probably thursday just in terms of the rhythm the ebb and flow of of the markets we'll see absolutely and just to close it off any one market that you're looking at at the moment that that might be a kind of a hot tip for any of our listeners well, actually, I mean, I spoke about it earlier. I would have, I, I should have, I should have waited. I'll do that next time I waited. And Disney would be the one that I would have everyone take a bit of a peek at. And the one that I look, spoke about before was ASML, which I still quite like the look of that for me. So it's that, it's that catching of the weighting of your portfolio. How much exposure do you want to technology? But right now for me, technology is really where the magic is at. Um, uh, we are a technology-based society, um, you know, and barring some unforeseen ridiculous incident, technology makes more sense now. Um, but yeah, so for me, I'm looking, that's really where I seem to be finding some of the best best deals. Um, yeah, what was, let me just have a quick one, quick look at Spotify. Spotify has also managed to recover. Um, it's looking okay from the lows. Amazon is on fire. Um, they're all looking good. Apple obviously is doing its thing. Meta is continuing. Meta is going to go back up to all-time highs, but that's had a ridiculous uh, recovery. I mean, that's just been insane. So no, for me, I think for me, the 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 um, the princess at the ball today is probably Walt Disney. Awesome, awesome stuff. Brilliant. Look, thank you so much for for taking uh, absolute pleasure. Come on board and have a chat with us about the markets, and we will certainly have you back again soon. Thank you very much. Um, thank you very much. Have the rest of your day. Take care, Adam. All right, guys. Thank you.